Welcome to this Adelaide Place podcast. I am Fiona Stewart and this is the second of four conversations I had with our lead pastor Stephen Cruthers about his sabbatical learnings. In this conversation, we delve more deeply into issues of discipleship, worship, mission and kingdom participation, beginning to think about how we as a congregation about to go back into our refurbished building after our Light of Renewal project engage with the context where God has placed us. So without further ado, here's the next part of my conversation with Stephen. Um, so Stephen, this is the second seventh, second episode yep. of a conversation. I have so many questions, things mm. I want to know more about. Um, I'm actually quite jealous of your trip to New York, if I'm completely honest. Um, but I'm quite interested to take it further and think about how you implement, mm-hmm. not jumping to outcomes, but just how do we learn from your experience? What What do you see... Your, how do you see your ministry developing in terms of what you've experienced? Yeah, I, one of, I don't know. One of the things we were just talking about just before we hit record was um, if we just thinking of, uh, I guess, the conversation around worship and particularly Sunday worship, if it's heavily driven by too many ideas or and not followed through with practice and a, a culture of discipleship with that, then I think one of the the dangers is that um, with these ideas, they become ideals that we tend to think then, well, we hear this person talking about mm-hmm. prayer with God and da-da-da, intimacy with God. And then if it's talked about in so many idealistic ways and sometimes are too complex ways, for most people, they sit there and listen and go like, it's not reality for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, 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 I can't do that. Yeah. And it... it it's, it'd be very easy to create a, a dissonance, a disconnection, almost just a a, a complete apathy uh-huh. because of how we... Um, it kind of pushes you the other way, doesn't it? It pushes yeah, you almost to say, it, well, stuff it, I can't do it. So Yeah, and, and it's... I'm just a bit of a failure. And and so I, I, I think I started to see people lead in a way that they seemed... The only word I can find to describe the, how, how people held themselves their postures thinking of the the woman who was um preaching in the glasgow based church um grounded not not perfect not oversharing not banal and sentimental about stories about them and and overdone but just grounded in what they were saying Mm -hmm. and same in new york i Mm -hmm. felt like to be a leader to be a pastor to be a, a spiritual guide to be a whatever you better make sure we're grounded that doesn't mean we're nailing it. It just means that the the flow is coming from somewhere. It's it's living water, and it's not false ideas that we're trying to convince people to do, but yet have no grasp on ourselves. And I felt the way things were hosted in in New York, um, it came from people grounded um, in 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 God and in their journey in a way that felt realistic. And yet inspirational too, without it being mm-hmm. false or plastic. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. for our spirituality, then it needs to be real. It, it needs to, it, we, we, we can hide in so many words and, and, and truths that we hold to. And, and you, start, you could probably start as people have critiqued the whole idea of just, it can become about, assenting to beliefs we have our collection of doctrines that we all sign up to and and actually the the elephant in the room is like how do these forms shape us to be the people and if they're not well 
Yeah. Is that faith? Is there value in those mm-hmm. beliefs that we all sometimes fight over? And yet, so it, so I think there's a spirituality that has to be about um, a grounded reality, imperfectly always, but rather than, there just seems to me there's, there's too much of tipping our hat to certain theologies, doctrines, mm-hmm. sometimes so fiercely mm-hmm. that actually when it all boils down to it, there's very little of that flowing through into the shaping of our corporate life together, our, our practice. Which feels like more and more of a dissonance to me. So, so the yes. more we kind of cling to the, the tenets of the faith and yeah, yeah, yeah. and fight over it, yeah, actually yeah. it sounds like it, we get more and more disconnected to some to some extent from the true source of life, right? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mean, yeah. And, and even use things that signified life, Bible, word, prayers, um, particular beliefs that signify important things in life, but actually they, they, they don't, they're, they're killing us. They're not doing anything, you know, and, and a, a classic one for me that it was, is this, is this wrestling around spiritual disciplines. At certain points in New York, I just had this, overwhelming sense of where maybe some of our growth as a community as a church is around uh, ownership and understanding around spiritual formation spiritual discipline disciplines um i feel like there was an internal bit of if i was scolding myself i was like i feel like we corporately should could be further forward of that you know and my overwhelming sense as I sat there in New York was perhaps at times we've overcomplicated it. Uh-huh. Perhaps at times we've, we, we've not followed through enough on some core uh-huh. word prayer rhythms that actually we can all do to different levels. Yeah. And actually that started to become a thought of, of what does this actually look like in our lives? Probably less impressive but more grounded, grounded yeah. and and actually doable. Like how many of us have, and it, it, it probably opens up many cans of worms, but I suspect there are many people who've grown up with the expectation of a quiet time or a, a certain metric of thing that they struggle to live up to their whole life. Mm-hmm. And you come to a point, you're like, either I'm just rubbish or there's another way, or the expectation wasn't quite a hundred percent right. There's, or maybe it's less individual, more communal. Or there, there's something in that that if we're literally sitting here thirty, forty, fifty years and go like that's still the thing uh-huh. I never really do, but should I just? It interest- doesn't feel like an easy yoke, does it? No, it doesn't. And it, and I just wonder, I just almost could get excited about owning that without even knowing what the solutions are, but just going like. Let's not just hide behind concepts because ultimately people can tell the difference. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I, you know, you can tell the difference. And when I think about leadership and people up front in inverted mm-hmm. commas, you can, you can tell that you can feel the difference mm-hmm. if it's manufactured. Mm-hmm. And I think we feel it in each other's lives when we yeah. talk about our spiritual lives. If it's only ever oughts and shoulds, and there are oughts and yeah. shoulds in the Christian life, but if it's only ever, and I've, I've joked about this before in, in terms of people wanting to meet up with me and seem to be neurotic about telling me about their quiet times, and I'm like, 
I was just really curious about what's uh-huh. in that uh-huh. space. And, and for me, again, the theme of how can we find simpler rhythms, individual and communal, I think there's something in that, mm-hmm. that we all just, uh, maybe there's a bit of an amnesty of just saying, here's where we're at with them. Like, let's just own where we're uh-huh. actually yeah, at. Yeah, put it all on the table and say, this is, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I, I know, it's, it's so interesting as well. I, I think there's something around um, age and maturity as well, that as you get older, you you either hide it more or you're more prepared to say, I need to do this communally. I need to. I need to kind of have people around me who are moving at the same pace and yes. spurring me on. And certainly, just reflecting yeah. on my own life, I think when I was in my twenties, you know, there was a lot of kind of covering up and and just putting the right face on for mm-hmm. for the outside mm-hmm. world. And, and I suppose the question I'm trying to get to with that is, how do we as community, as as an all age community? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm really create an environment where we can be open about these things yeah. where we can you know say actually I'm really struggling I'm feeling really thirsty at the moment and I'm not I'm not yeah, feeling yeah. that thirst being being yeah. met um how do, how do we do that without it becoming a yeah something that is heavy yeah and and yeah exactly because because what it's not is not but also, say, you don't want to unravel everything because no, I think that's the no, where no. some people go, isn't it? They go to this place where they just deconstruct the whole thing, throw everything out the window, yeah, 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 and then yeah. and then you're kind of left with no, what, no. what is it? No, hundred percent. And it's not to say that there's not been seasons where that has locked in and we've mm-hmm. had intimacy that mm-hmm. has, you know, it. It's not that either. It's there's something about the the seasons, and I agree that the perspective does change as we grow, but it doesn't necessarily. There's no direct causality between growing in age and growing in maturity no, i think absolutely. it can go either way yeah um i think we can double down and become more rigid and mm-hmm. and this is the way maturity sounds mm-hmm. but actually it's just now mimicking things yes. that actually i'm not sure the living water is flowing uh-huh. and, and vice versa so age because of, habit creates creates character doesn't it yeah, yeah, yeah so whatever your habit is yeah and if your habit is to be quite cold and hard <laughs> towards yeah, other yeah. points of view i think i think that calcifies into yeah. something yeah, and and so so it's not about deconstructing. It's not about taking for me the cost away of discipleship. Like it, it's not saying let's just dumb it all down to make it so easy that we, it's none of that. It's actually harder. It's 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 more uncomfortable to go into the place mm-hmm. to say I'm going to come before God in prayer as I actually am, not as how people think I am or as I think I should mm-hmm. be. That's a harder thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a harder thing to to linger slowly with a text mm-hmm. than it is to defend it and explain it to somebody else as a weapon. Mm-hmm. That's easy. For some, it's particularly easier to clever at making arguments. And like, that's clever, but mm-hmm. like a lot harder to love your enemy, a lot harder to put that into practice. Mm-hmm. And so I'm arguing for a costly discipleship, but actually a, a way that actually puts us into the, the place of dependency where we realise we can't do it ourselves, we need God's spirit, and what disciplines help us there. And one, you know, I said I struggled initially with reading. I thought I'm going to have all this time to read, and I almost felt this like, you know, voice in my head saying you should be reading this, that, and the other thing. And pe- this is what this time for. But one of the things I did uh, linger on was a book that I've read a few times by Eugene Peterson under the Unpredictable Plant, which is a his it's a pastoral theology based on the Book of Jonah, which is is brilliant in my view, but it's interesting. He, he talked about he had a bit in in 
around the spiritual disciplines and he reflected on his own and what surprised me again was the how simple and streamlined his uh, his rhythms were I think he had three basic rhythms one was this um, meeting around the Lord's table every Sunday so corporate worship was a, a given I think the other was um, just a daily scripture reading and the other was around um, praying the Psalms daily and then so he had this other and he said all the other bank of solitude fasting um, list, list the spiritual disciplines they're there to be used almost sparingly I can't remember exactly how he put it um, in seasons but here's your mainstay simple word and prayer and I thought do you know what and, and a, commu- a bit of a communal and individual and I was thinking do you know it feels like there's a, a, a current moment of people some going to the disciplines of fresh and grabbing a hold of them with good intention but with a slight danger that they become neurotic about them, as yes. if it becomes you become a, defensive of them. Yeah, it becomes like uh-huh. because um, and it all comes back to some one of my uh, my friends who went through uni or we we studied at a similar time. He was a much higher level. He's a theologian friend, um, but I was doing my masters and he was doing his PhD in Aberdeen. And his critique of people who at times and whether or not you agree with it, I, I'd be intrigued. But of people who read like Dallas Willard and Spiritual Disciplines and Richard Foster and others is his critique back then was very often the people that go to these books are already trying too hard and uh-huh. they go to the disciplines to try and in effect st- control to get more control uh-huh. control of their life the very thing that we so have to, to take give a up checklist of, um, not even to t- take a checklist but there's good intention to change mm-hmm. and to have a spirituality that's worth it. Mm-hmm. But ultimately the move is they use the disciplines to change themselves and the power of themselves. So right? it's like pursuing the disciplines rather than pursuing God. Yeah. Yeah. Or, and, and possibly turning them into like a, a sort of pharisaical law upon uh-huh. a law thing uh-huh. of like, which can become which is interesting because we, because we, we go oh boo here's the Pharisees but but I think the contemporary equivalent of that is, is a kind of well-being culture isn't it almost do you know we, yeah, yeah, we go after yeah. self-improvement yeah yeah definitely and and so I, I just think there's there's a, a danger with with how we um, how we embrace spiritual practices in our life and I, I just liked Eugene Peterson's I was going to say, honesty and ruthlessness to put some substantial things in place, individual and communal, and to draw on the ones in see. And, and I feel drawn towards that sort of spirituality that sits with the Christian calendar. So perhaps you pick up solitude fasting, maybe through Lent. Maybe you go through a particular... Because there's wisdom in the church over centuries that actually we can't sustain this for a long time, but actually together we could for a season... And actually, through another season, we put on practicing joy and self. Do you know? And I yeah. think there's a wisdom in that that is more nuanced than literally 365 days a year we do a quiet time like this. You know, that is a, might be a good thing to have, but it needs to be part of a bigger tapestry yeah. that has rhythms, individual and communal, that sustain a life. And, and 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 four times you've talked about individual and communal. 
<laughs> you've used that you've used that yeah, phrase yeah, yeah. or similar because because I think that's also something that's really interesting to think about, isn't it? Is sometimes we can put spiritual disciplines and spiritual formation into a very individualistic box. I don't I don't know if that's maybe and that's cultural. That's your self improvement thing. It's that's the self improvement thing, us. isn't it? And it's the it's the kind of culture that we live in. So so I'm really intrigued about how and I suppose that's where I was getting where I was getting to with the intergenerational thing. How how do we pursue that communally? Other than somebody at the front telling us we should do it. Yeah, and and I think my answer would be um I'll say not hesitantly but um in an explorative sense rather than a, a rival. But my my sense is that the one way we do this, the church has done this, um is, historically is, is the is the Christian calendar. Is one way of doing it communally. Because it frames mm-hmm. it's not the academic calendar, it's not mm-hmm. Um, school holidays it's like there's something else that we all can own that inhabits time Mm -hmm. that orientates us towards God in a posture together I think that's Uh potentially um, ground that some traditions really just that's they're like yeah that's just what we do come on (laughs) that's no brainer and some other traditions like you know we're we're quite far from that Uh and I think the communal bit can be helped by the Christian calendar Mm -hmm. And I and I and I can't help but think as well that the you know the, the Sunday meeting together and for some regular around the Lord's uh, mm-hmm. table um, as a communal discipline is a really it, it stood as well <laughs> over yeah. time and, and I think I'm, I'm very cautious about taking that away uh-huh. as if it's it's up for grabs and mm-hmm. I'm just mm. quite nervous about that it's in this particular moment. Yeah. Do you think there is a danger of that? Oh, 100%. I think we're right in the middle of it. Uh-huh. I don't think people necessarily know. I, I, I don't speak objectively because I get paid to be there on a Sunday. So who am I to speak? <laughs> um, but I do think we have, there's a danger for to have false conceptions about what Sunday does. Uh-huh. I, if you enjoy it or not, if that's a primary thing that is potentially problematic, mm-hmm. if it meets our needs, again, that, it, that hopefully it will at times, but it's a primary driver that, again, is problematic. Um, I, I think there's a, a, a... If we like the people who are there. If if we <laughs> like not? the people who's there, if we like who's on, if we like what they said, if we uh-huh. like the worship, uh, you know, it's all this either passivity or whatever you want to mm. call it. Um, whereas I think for me, there's something about a continual weekly reorientation together where again, we remind ourselves of a need for grace. We again, remind ourselves that we're prone to wonder. Mm-hmm. We again, remind ourselves that we go the way of cross and resurrection, not the way of self. And mm-hmm. I think there's all these little things that happen almost Pre-cognitively, cognitively, or like almost the value of ritual over uh-huh. experience. I think there's something that we could lose in that. Yeah. That, um, that I think I'd be interested to hear what different generations, you know, within our context, which we have that wealth of like, you know, I hope we would say we don't just do Sunday because we. <laughs> we like or get some, we do it because we put God first and we know there's something in that mm-hmm. that 
practice that sustains us even whenever um, we don't want to. And I think I think that's a communal bit to to uh, a rhythm that we you know that we do. And I, I think for me the other thing communally is which we're wrestling with at the minute a wee bit is just some of the table liturgy that we're exploring you know how can we be together seasonally in a sustainable way like one of the challenges for our missional community is just um we're all quite knackered and time um we'll say time poor i don't like that it's a weird phrase but it's our midweeks for example are like something on every night is really difficult to do let's do a small group it just doesn't really work but we can meet at weekends and we can, we often in our missional community bump into each other a lot because we live in, in the same, uh, same area. Um, but the table issue was just another moment to say, look, okay, four or five times a year, could we feast together like this? Mm-hmm. And that seems doable. <laughs> and, it, and, even, it's, and it's so interesting, isn't it? Because it takes courage to do that yes. in some ways because it feels simple. Yeah. It feels too simple to have yeah. a piece of A4 paper yeah. that we read some words from. Yeah. But there's a profundity to that. Yeah. But but you need to kind of lead courageously into that, I think. Yeah. Um, so many questions in my head on the back of all of that. It, listeners will probably be aware because they can probably hear in the background a bit of drilling and hammering going Love on. Yeah. Which is... Light of Renewal Project. <laughs> light of Renewal yeah. Project. Which brings me to what I wanted to talk about because I think for us at the moment, so we're recording this in November, we're out mm-hmm. of the building. So mm-hmm. on Sundays we are, you know, there's a, a bunch of really committed people lugging a whole van load of stuff down to... Another building, you know, we're we're carrying boxes, we're carrying urns for coffee and all the rest of it. But there will there will come a day <laughs> when we're not doing that anymore. And yes. We're back in this building where yep. we're recording, um, when the drilling will have ceased. This is like a liturgy in itself, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> the I'm, drilling will I'm cease. Praying. People will rise. Amen. So we will we will be back in this building, and and so a lot of that project has been shaped around light. So even today, we've been looking at the windows that have been replaced. So we've now got not mm. opaque windows, so people are going to be able to see yeah. and see out. Um, and we want to be a light and a missional presence. And we've talked a lot about that over the years. But what I'm sensing from what you're speaking is there's also something around the meeting around the table. There's something around the, the, the worship, the worshipping heart mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. who we are as a community of God's people. Yeah. Hopes and dreams for that? Plans and yeah, structures? Yeah, you know, oh, yes, there are hopes and dreams, not least... Um, yeah, the light thing and the connection at street level, I think, could be huge. I, I, I think there's something that when you were asking the question about the the, the missional impulse is 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 caught up in all of this mix because mm-hmm. as you're right, it'd be easy to think of hear, hear this as feasting and all things Christians do together, what locked away or you know just focus on ourselves mm-hmm. and pro- project church, mm-hmm. and so. There, there, but there is something about how we are in community mm-hmm. um, that actually proclaims and explains the gospel in tangible ways that, mm-hmm. that I think is of high missional value. So, so it's that John 17 prayer, isn't it, about by unity? Yeah, will yeah. See, uh, people will see yeah, who yeah, Jesus yeah. is through us. Yeah, I always go back to the line. I think it's Leslie Newbig in the missionary um, come theologian who, who talks about the congregation being the hermeneutic of the gospel, uh-huh. as in it's seeing the gospel in action that actually interprets it and, exp- and, and proclaims it to people. And I think there's, there's something contagious about giving, and back to the whole conversation about worship. Like, I think one of the 
problems with that was that I think it was we diagnosed the problem of we need we were irrelevant so we need to become relevant on and largely at times in the world's mm-hmm. terms and I think we become relevant when we do what we say we're about and when people can taste and see and, and actually see the way of us in community I think that has high missional value and, and part of the project with the Light From Your project is just to in our physical space to connect and the visibility, the tangible presence of people doing this Christian life and actually like, hold on a minute, this is different. This is actually, um, in a culture that is killing itself in performance and, and anxiety and all these metrics, if we're just doing that ourselves, then like, of course we're irrelevant. <laughs> yeah. Of course we've got nothing to offer. But if, if people can see, people, friends around the table of different backgrounds, loving each other regardless of X, Y, and Z. If we can create beloved communities of friendship who will walk through different seasons and different realities and still be able to keep going, if we can hold each other to that, I think it becomes really relevant in this moment we're in. And and missionally, if, if we can create space for people to practice mindfulness and, and stop but but not just on individualistic terms but mm-hmm. f- as part of a story that says this world is not heading into disaster this world is held and in this particular moment I think there's such a call just to get on being the church and that's not turn in that's an incredibly missional thing when we actually practice the kingdom of God people I think will yeah, as you say, by by your love, you'll be known, mm-hmm. and and so my my prayer. It, there's a, a the visibility thing, but not just to be seen. Mm-hmm. It's to be ex- experienced in something real. And and I, and I, with the hope for the the light from your project, as you say, when we're back in, we've we've always really trying to hold the sense of where God placed us, the uniqueness of accepting the limits of where God has placed us with all the bad parking and all the problems (laughs) of the area. You know, we are where we are for a reason. And actually, um, to embrace that through what God has given us and what that at times might just be hospitality. It might just be a a reassuring presence. Some of our hopes around having uh, a, you know, a drop-in cafe for vulnerable uh, women or having a a warm space that's for English uh, second language uh, teaching, you know, like mm-hmm. just things within our competency. Mm-hmm. I think my hope is that ultimately, I don't know, if the, the word, the words come out, some, a gentle and healing presence mm-hmm. in a world that is, um, increasingly chaotic and you know sort of the whole perma crisis thing that, mm-hmm. and you know I, I, anxious isn't it we're all we're all living with a level of anxiety that's yeah I, I think personal and local but it's also it's global as well isn't it yeah and, mm-hmm. yeah and I think and we are in that as Christians we are in, we're that. in that and I think our both duty and invitation is to participate in the kingdom that imagines a different future and anticipates that and it's it's creating that imagination in our minds mm-hmm. that actually there's an alternative way <clears throat> and 
And I, th- I think that that becomes the missional value of, of the church. And in some ways we rise or fall on that. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. we, if, if we can't, um, you know, the refrain, you know, I'll be your God and you'll be my people. If, if we can't live into that in, mm-hmm. in a meaningful way, I mean, we we will just be touting ideals of people that uh-huh. believe in this uh-huh. way of thinking, and, and it'll fall flat. It joins the cacophony of all the other yeah ideas and yeah yeah yeah. yeah Good luck opinions. with that. And yeah. I think uh-huh. actually, there's a lot of value in us um, being true to the church calling that will be more convincing. And I don't know if that alternative.